Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. This episode is sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you're not a member yet, you can join our Patreon for as low as $1 per month to support the cast and crew of The Bardic College. Unlock bonus content featuring your favorite players, get exclusive access to shows you can't find anywhere else, and even get a chance to have Raz run a game of your choice. Visit us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening, everyone. It's Raz, and this is Cthulhu in Cairo. You know that because, well, you've been listening for a while now, we think. Uh, and if you're just joining us, stop, as we say sometimes, go back to episode one, because you will be so completely lost. And we don't want you to be. We want you to be with us on this journey from the beginning all the way to the end. Um, tonight, we're back in New Delhi, India, at the Royal Imperial Hotel uh, inside New Delhi, which was a building that was built about six years earlier. It is one of the most luxurious hotels in all of Asia at this time. It is magnificent. No expense was spared. The rooms are just, even the basic room is huge. There are suites, lavish pools and fountains. It is, it is Britain, India, Britain at its height of empire, right? So that's sort of what we got. It's a big, big building. I think it was had like, I don't know, 120 rooms or something. It was ridiculous, but that's where they are. They've met up with, uh, a, couple of new friends that Jack made on the, the flight over from Kathmandu after rescuing Aveline's body and all the stuff that happened there. They uh, are Lannis and Ingrid Borgen. And as they're coming down for cocktails at eight o'clock, Ingrid and Lannis were, in the, were speaking you know, around some a sitting area inside the lobby. They saw them come down, stopped, grabbed the team, brought them over and said, I'd love to, for you to meet some very important people here in India. This is Margaret Collins. She's a magistrate or the magistrate Margaret Collins. And Margaret Collins said, ah, you don't need to introduce... I'm sorry, cousins, not Collins, cousins. You don't need to introduce me to uh, Faye Dawson. I already know who she is. And that's where we're going to pick up tonight. So yes, Faye, Margaret says, there's no need for introduction. I'm very aware of who this is. This is Miss Faye Dawson. And you're Catherine Ross. And do you want to maybe fill us in on where we might know you from, Miss Cousins? I was at the museum when you were assigned to take over the expedition. Oh, I, my. I'm very good friends with Aloysius Banks, your uncle, Miss Ross. I didn't know that you'd have a... That, I didn't know that you'd know who I am. I, last photo he kept of me on his desk is when I was like six. Ah, but you were talking with him that evening. And then you went to the bookstore. But unfortunately, I was engaged. I had a previous engagement. I couldn't make it. Terrible thing that happened there. Oh, yeah. Horrible you were, tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Lucky you weren't there. It was... Uh... Real dust up. Yeah, it was, uh, there was a, a hullabaloo. I believe, I can imagine. Please, will you join us? 
So she sits down and starts talking. Lannis and Ingrid are mingling. Uh, do you introduce Jack, Vadim, and Ella? It's only polite. I, I look visibly uncomfortable to the rest of our team. I'm not I'm thrilled. Just... I'm not thrilled. I can't win. Okay, Listen, so you're not the word you're looking for is nonplussed. That that probably sums <laughs> yeah, her up perfectly. Go. Margaret Cousins is at this point, 1932. She is about 30. She is a fairly handsome woman, but uh, mousy brown hair, light skinned. You can already hear she's got a f- heavy Irish accent that she still affects, even though she's been in India for a little bit. Her skin is darkened because she's been in the Indian summers in the heat, and um, she's just mentioned that she knew your your. Uncle Bankson was actually at the premiere of uh, Sid's Barge and the other expedition uh, during the time at the museum in uh, the National British National Museum. Yeah. Hell of a way to travel. I get around. No, um, for a museum exhibition or... You- oh, the barge. It was magnificent. No, no, no. Uh, I, I understand that. But um, how long have you been in India? Is this a recent posting? No, about nine, eight years now. And you traveled... To England to go to a museum exhibition? I'd just go back home to see family for a few months. Right. But I tied it all together with your uncle's uh, invitation. I'm a patron of the museum. Oh, that's so lovely. It's amazing what uh, opportunities there are for the in the colonies of, for women, both of Irish and English descent. I don't mean to brag or impose my, my, stature, my station, but I'm sure, as you heard Ingrid say, I, I have, I'm a magistrate here in India, in, Mad- in Madras. And what that's, exactly does that mean? That's quite wonderful. That is quite wonderful. I'm, I'm like a, well, you would call it a lawyer, Miss Dawson. Oh, that is so, wow, that's wonderful. I'm so sorry. Forgive my ignorance. I must say that that is remarkable. I have not yet heard of a, a female magistrate. How, how did you, how did you achieve this? I passed the bar. That's, that's very clever. Yes, that's very clever. I did assume you had. <laughs> no kidding. Just that you clearly had overcome some obstacles to reach that height. Oh, uh, well. When I was uh, a young girl, I helped formed a pretty powerful suffragette movement in Ireland and stayed there till 23 and then uh, made my way here to India with my husband. He's uh, unfortunately indisposed this evening, taking care of some things, but we came here to meet the man himself. And now, unfortunately, that's turned sour. And that's why I'm hoping to meet with Lannis and Ingrid and speak to them about what's going on. I'm not sure if you're aware of Gandhi, but uh, he had been arrested last night when he was, uh, two nights ago, I'm sorry, when he was supposed to board a train and make his way here to uh, to speak with me about the rights of uh, destroying the different pillars and privileges of those in a caste system, and also forwarding the movement of women here in India. That's But now he's been grabbed, remarkable. And I'm not pleased. No, I, I mean, anybody being grabbed anywhere is terrible. That's, Wow. Um- who is Mr. Gandhi? I'm afraid I'm not caught up on current events. He's a, uh, a spiritual leader, but he's also a political, he's a radical thinker. And he's very much interested in, in destroying the, the caste system that sits here in India. And yeah, if you're aware of what caste is, it's when people are born into a situation and unfortunately can't struggle to get their way out. He's trying to abolish this type of thinking. And uh, he's a pacifist, but he's a political activist as well. And he speaks a great deal on many, many things. And one of the things he's hoping to do is, like I said, is to even further expand on a British woman in India has opportunities, as I myself can attest to, but an Indian woman can still have a difficult time. So he's trying to uh, bridge those gaps, make things better for women, make them better for everyone. Jack sort of, you know, politely as she's talking to sort of, you know, turns, lights his pipe and sort of wanders away from the conversation. 
Okay. Because he's essentially that whole end of society that she's that he's looking to sort of nullify. Well, he's talking about the caste system and Oh no, and- I know, I know, but he's not quite there at kicking the Brits out yet. But that's no. that's all in there. He's not he's not a, a fan. I don't of- think she wants to either. The caste system is the Indians the Indian people on themselves. Cultural. Correct. Cultural. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm familiar with the caste system. Yeah, I, I know. Vodham's but- very much interest, interested in their conversation. He's hanging on their word. <laughs> sure, Vodham's right. Like, yeah, God damn this bitch. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, because he's a nationalist, right? Yeah, he's, he's- well, he's like you know, Vodham's like, hmm, but the 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 caste system uh, is what you imperialists use to keep control, isn't it? Wow, you know Jack. <laughs> so Jack, Jack does Jack does the very British thing, and instead of talking about it, just gets up and leaves. I love it. That's awesome. Well, he just that's wanders fantastic. gently away. I mean, yeah. she called his name. I'm not 30, 40 feet away, but I'm just sort of yeah. Of course, you're you're milling into a different conversation. Looking out the possible. window, right? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sure. All right, it's a gentle mill. So, um, I'm sorry to hear that that Aloysius ended up giving you the sack. I wasn't pleased with that when I got the uh, the update in the newsletter, as they say. Oh, yeah. I mean, you and me both. But, um, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. Am I right? I'm just waiting uh, for that other door to open. Where have you been? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. I mean, I know you're supposed to be by now. You should have been actually in the dig. So I, what, what brings you to India? And from Kathmandu? We were climbing. Were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's, fascinating. I've never been. I've never been up that high. You know, I've done like little climbs, you know, especially like going out with my father, but I've been traveling with Catherine. We've been um, just adventuring all over Europe and we've met up with our compatriots and just formed a little ragtag group of adventurers. We've just been exploring, seeing what the world has to offer. Oh, fascinating. I never got my wild backpacking year after school. So, well, um, your uncle and I spoke uh, several times, Miss Ross, you, you did some time in the service. Did you not? You were, uh, uh, you're a nurse, if I if my memory holds. Uh, yes, my father was a medical man. It's something that always interested me. And when I came to England when I was a teenager, this is the first, by the way, that the three newer members of our party, including Faye, this is the first that she's talked about it. And this is only because this woman knows Aloysius, apparently. Um, when I came to live with Uncle Al when I was a teenager, he put me in school, you know, an academic-minded type, that guy, that man, and it. Oh, he's he's academic, all the right. The only thing I seemed to be good at was nursing. War broke out, and I didn't want to be useless otherwise. Well, I know he was right proud of you. I'm sure he embellished, but thank you. Oh, I don't know about that. The man embellishes breakfast. I, <laughs> I, I well, I'm not trying to be like. Uh, not trying to be, you know, to to be rude, Miss, um, Mrs. Uh, cousins, Mrs. Mrs. Cousins. Sorry, um, not trying to be rude. I love my uncle. He's just an embellisher. He sees things in a different way, and sometimes the passions take over him in the way he speaks. But yes, I'm able to see. I'm able to see through the thick and the thin of it. And you, Miss Walcott, did you enjoy your climb, or were you, were you part of the climbing team? I was, and um, well, let's just say I prefer sweeping rolling hills of England rather than the sheer cold, icy cliffs of nepal yes um not a big fan of snow <laughs> she's very awkward right now <laughs> she doesn't know how to talk tough place to be then <laughs> yes she laughs yes yes indeed so what are you drinking ladies i'll make sure to pour some and and you mr and she looks at you Adam. just club soda for me mr club soda no problem <laughs> so she uh, uh, darling, I think she, she was, gets up. Uh, trying to discern your last name Adam. 
Yeah. She just wanted to have it reminded. Yeah, like some when you meet someone for the first time, you're just getting that that icebreaker of and your name. She again, was Ron? talking drinks. That's all I heard. I I said fucking club soda. That's what I want. Vadim <laughs> said, "You get my name once, and you never get it again. If you don't hear it, she's out of luck." Soda water twist of arsenic. <laughs> so she she tells the one of the waiters who are dressed in this imperial regal. British Indian crossover type garb, royal blue, b- beautifully embroidered red with gold threads. It's just, it's so pompous looking for, but I'm, I'm sure at the time it was just standard fare to out glitz the next guy in the hotel business, right? But um, yeah, so they bring over some drinks. Jack, um, you're talking, I guess you're talking to Lannis and Ingrid. They introduce you to a couple more people around the party. Some of them a little bit older than you, all of them money, right? And they're, they're going on and on about, and not, I don't want you to think the entire group is libertine. Like Cousins doesn't seem like she's in the same sort of bendy way that these two would be uh, in the way she's acting like she's married. She seems to be more in a, in a you know, what you would call a, a cis norm type situation for these two who are a little bit more. But they get along. They 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 know each other and they're very proud to know her because she's she's someone who's made it on their own. And they kind of like that's an Irish girl who did this. I mean, my God. So but the rest of these people have money. But they're a little bit more aristocracy too, so they're they're British with money. But um, Ingrid says, "Oh, excuse me, just a minute, Mister Jack. I have to make sure that my friend over there, Margaret, isn't boring everyone with her, her philosophies and things." Of just please, just one moment. Absolutely, absolutely. She's quite a, d- a direct woman. Uh, she's attorney. She's magistrate. She's Irish. used to being. Uh, she's Irish. <laughs> she's she's that too. What do they say in the American game? Is that one strike, two strike? How do they say? Two strokes? Two strokes, Mr. Cavendish. Faye hears her from across the bar and goes, three strikes, you're out. It's baseball. Go Yankees. <laughs> Go Yankees. I, I, I believe the saying is she's not quite cricket. No, uh, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's three strikes, you're out. Well, no, I'm British. Well, well British in, in, in Africa. Yeah. I'm so it'd be cricket. American it wouldn't be, expat. It wouldn't be baseball. So I am correct. I'm an American in a hotel, and I say it's one, two, three strikes. <laughs> yeah, the two loud Americans are going to win this one. We're just going to get louder and louder. That. Jack could do his best, his best American accent. Three strikes, like. and you're out. <laughs> so Ingrid walks over and says, Margaret, darling, you're not going on about this occult business you're involved in. Nobody, not all of our occult? friends understand. Jack, Jack spins on a dime as he hears that. Yeah, fate chokes. She's, she says, a little bit overstated. I'm a member of the Thesopical Society, that's all. It's just a, a group of like-minded individuals who believe that there is a different power in the universe than the typical Christian god. That's all. That, it's, it's, not, it's not really what she's making out. And no, I hadn't even gotten onto that subject, nor would I unless it somehow came up in proper conversation. Now, listeners at home, Margaret Cousins was a magistrate in, Madra- in Madras, she got there in 1922 or 1923. She became a magistrate and she was a member of the Thesopical Society. There is an entire lecture series on her. She is a one of the first Irish suffragettes. She was very young and she was in a militant group of those women. This is a she was a radical feminist for 1932. OK, what else is on this weird woman's bingo card? A pet ferret? <laughs> I'm just letting people know this is a real person, and she tried to get Gandhi out of prison. <laughs> oh my god, I love this woman. Now Ella's Ella's interest has been piqued, and um, real quick, keeper, what is the Thesopical Society? Is that the Thule Society? But no, that's that's like Helena Blavatsky, right? Yeah, that's all the prophecies that actually name the six items ah! of power. Okay? 
That was the store where I got my ass handed to me the first she time. She broke the crystal ball. She was looking for uh, what books by Helen Ravatsky or something like that. Right. That's where I met Sweet Mueller. Pessoa is part of that too, isn't he? Yep. Mm-hmm. Sweet Ernst. She takes a sip of her drink and goes, <laughs> Mrs. Cousins, you are an occult aficionado. Well, so am I. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Again. Faye gets up and she walks over to where uh, Jack is. She just stands up and is like, I'm going to... Jack, I'm I'm coming. Jack puts his arm around Faye and we turn together away from that conversation. <laughs> I need to understand this. You're leaving Miss Subtle. Yep. And the Russian mobster to keep Ella in check. Oh, there's no keeping her in check. She's she's gonna go to a hundred in less than ten seconds. Listen, I, I have a lot of bad memories. I'm out. As I, I'm nearby. I'm nearby if uh, anything happens, but I just I do not want to be present for the majority of it, that conversation. It's like the blunt meeting the brash. It's just not gonna go well. Yeah, I'm, I'm being selfish. I am uh, Faye <laughs> Faye has left Faye has left the building. Okay. All right. Catherine, you and Ella are there. Right. Um <laughs> Adam's got his club soda as well. All right, so I say, I'm Nicole Aficionado as well. Oh, you read tarot, hon. Come on. You you do the playing card thing. It's People don't want to oh, hear don't. about that. Not at a dinner party with such nice cocktails. Darling, I do more than read tarot. You also look at balls of glass and things are in them. Catherine, darling, why do you keep interrupting me? I think she's trying to just make sure you don't spill too many of the beans, as they might be saying. American slang. It's... It's really, uh, uh, Miss Walcott, if you're able to manipulate the tarot, as they say, and, and look into things, and even if you have a touch of the of the mystic, mystical about you, I have I have no qualms or problems with it. And while some here may be skeptics, I know what I've seen and I know what I've read, and I'm I believe that there is more to this world than just some stodgy old man up in heaven telling women what they can and cannot do, and making sure that their priests touch the boys and girls that they want to touch, but not, but you know what I mean? Just not really. It's not really my cup of tea. I need another drink. Understood. Now, have you ever had contact with a banshee? I've heard they're quite common in Ireland. What? Okay, that makes her look at you, okay, like, uh, Ella, like, you may be trying to tease her. Because that's, she's wondering if you do, if you pick that just because she's Irish, you're British. So she's kind of giving you a look like, hmm. It's like all Jack can do not to spin around in a crossroom and go, perhaps you should ask about the brownies. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning the fairies. <laughs> yeah, the Irish, the Irish fairies, the brownies. Oh, good God. Well, I haven't had personal contact with fairies, but I did once see an elf. Well, I, 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 I don't know much about elves and, and fairies and the banshee is the whale of Ireland. I mean, I'm sure there's there's banshees somewhere. And What did it feel like? I I don't know. I've never personally encountered one. Oh, my apologies. I was so excited. Done a lot of reading on the subject. Believe there's more to this world myself. I am not a full practitioner, but I am a devotee of the Thesopical Society. I would love to trade secrets with you. I could teach you how to, say, ward yourself from poltergeists. Probably an excellent skill. I had one haunt my shack when I was in France. It was quite awful. He put all my furniture on top of each other. Definitely an issue. Something that should de- should we should... Uh... I almost broke my leg. So how did you meet my uncle? How did you meet him? Uh, was it through the museum? Or did you... Do you know my Aunt Emily, perhaps? Actually, your uncle um, did a holiday in Ireland. Oh. And my older sister... It was a while ago, but my older sister uh, was a housekeeper there. And they they got speaking, and I was introduced that way, and we sort of he took a liking to me. I was already very much involved in 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 marching for women's rights, and next thing you know, you're 
your aunt and I hit it off and we just kept in touch. And then when I was able to make some money here, I became a patron of the museum. I always, I always believed in supporting the arts and even if it's in, you know, Britain and you can't help that. Uh, don't I know it. <laughs> can't help where my relatives are from, but no, that's, that's fascinating. Um, glad that I can't remember like what year he vacationed in Ireland. Didn't bring me on that one. I will say maybe we could have met before this. Oh, well, you were already a woman who had, I mean, you'd already served in the war. I think it was... Oh, so this wasn't like, you know... 1919, maybe? Oh, of course. That's how I knew you had been in the war. That's how I knew you were a nurse. Right. Can I perhaps interest you in walking this way to go examine a window or something? I just... I'm looking to make conversation. Say, take a turn about the room. (laughs) She's really concerned about getting the rich people in this room. Yeah. Behind writing some checks. Oh, okay. So to get Gandhi released from prison, I could write because, a check. Do you need money? Because in January fourth, he got arrested in Bombay on his way here to New Delhi <laughs> of nineteen thirty-two. I didn't yeah. know so she had a purpose. Does she want money? Oh yeah, they all have purposes in these rich dinners. They're, everybody has an agenda. I didn't know that. I thought we were at a libertine oh, yeah. dinner. She's she's trying. She's trying to milk everybody for her weird agendas. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know about peaceful p- protest and the advancement of human rights is such a weird thing to be looking for, Mr. Cavendish. Well, we all have our little- Our pet causes. We all have our, our little interests, <laughs> yes, of course. And what do you do, Mr. Mr. Gavrilov, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, our lovely pal Vodham. Ella's been talking about the Banshees of Ireland. I'm giving some history about myself. We know Catherine and Faye here. What, what do you do, sir? I am a, a man of the world. Excellent. I can tell by the accent- uh, that you're from the eastern part of Europe. I'm Russian, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Is that correct? Yes, near the Volga. The Volga. Never been. Beautiful beautiful area? It is home. Home is always beautiful. Uh, that's an interesting thing to, for you to be saying. I know that I've uh, seen plenty of families whose homes are shitholes. And unfortunately, <laughs> maybe the memories might be beautiful when you're a child, but the reality as an adult can be far from pleasing. One man shithole. She raises a glass. Do you do you mind a clinky clinky, madam? Would you would you give her a clinky clinky? Uh, toast to uh, shitholes. Yes, that's that's very Russian well, of you. <laughs> well, no, she just when you say it, she kind of raises her glasses like that's what he says. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good. So, <laughs> so you have been to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation goes on. Yeah, she's she li- she's literally um, trying to be nice and bottoms being an asshole. Well, I mean, between Ella yelling about banshees and I got a poltergeist cure, and then you know that was that took her a little bit by surprise. I'm interested in the occult banshees, poltergeist. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's coming at it hardcore. That was an Easter egg. God. Listen, Ella needs every once in a while. Ella needs to tell everybody <laughs> I am a psychic. Damn it. Damn it. And she hasn't done it since Russia. Well, I don't know how many people I can tell without them wanting to burn me at the stake, okay? So why do you Irish keep telling people? people? I wasn't, I didn't tell her I was psychic. You did. Oh, she reads the tarot. Oh, she does crystal balls. I was trying to make it charming and like, oh, she's a I was a just lo- trying to make it as a scholar. You made me out to be some crazy, like, Baba Yaga. I don't think I made you out to be crazy. You are no Baba Yaga. <laughs> By the way, you are much younger than Baba Yaga. Yes. You are much more attractive than Baba Yaga. Aww. And you're, 
And your hut doesn't have chicken legs. Uh, that's correct. This poltergeist flipping furniture. Vadim is, you know, he tells her that he's appreciative. You know, he's appreciative of uh, of her work. You know, communities, uh, people, they need to be left to live their lives. These governments always get in the way and you know, have their agendas of power and control. I agree. And just because someone's born to parents, as you say, Mr. Vadim, or as we had said, in a shithole, doesn't mean that they have to stay, or that they should be meant to stay there their entire lives and their existence. Doesn't seem very fair. Sometimes your existence, you know, what one man considers bad, you make uh, the most of. Not everybody is going to live in a palace and piss in golden toilets, but... Uh, but they should have the right to try. Baby, I mean, uh, if, if I am on my farm and I'm with my family, that is never going to be a life for me. But my life is going to be very rich because I have family. I have earth. I have companionship and fellowship this is what life is about not things you westerners are so uh, so obsessed with the with the acquisition of things oh no mr Vadim. i i think maybe i'm i'm misconstrued i'm saying that you could stay on the farm if that's your choice but to only to not have a choice to leave the farm should you want to that's my problem hmm. if you if your life is a simple one and you're and you're blessed with with health and hearth and home, there's nothing wrong with that. That's if that is the if that is how you wish to go and live your life and live, go go to your grave happy. I'm happy for you, but when you're told you can't leave the farm, that's what bothers me. I have found in my experience in this life, there is not so much what people tell you you can do. There is uh, there is strong and there is weak, and the weak will stay, and the weak will do, and the weak will make their way through the white life as best they can. But the strong they will take if they want it, they will go get it. No matter what, they do not, you know, allow thing to stay in their path. So, I'm not sure. I uh, the strong don't need help from people. They will take the help. They will take what they need. And the weak, they're rarely worth helping. <laughs> well, that gets her eyebrows up. Wow, this has been a great conversation. For this is fabulous. Okay, so yes, Vadim has given his personal insights into that. <laughs> Again, India, uh, I'm not sure. You know. Four million unclean would agree with that statement, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, but that, but listen, that's how Adam sees it, right? Ella's div given a dissertation on he's he's lived a very harsh existence, so he has sure he has a very harsh perspective on life. Jack, the one person who she probably thought she'd connect to first, walked away. It's like gone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck, screw this bitch. I'm oh, out. She's far too direct for me. That she would. She's no good in English society. There's no way. I thought Jack's like, oh, crap, I'm the English landowner. <laughs> I'm in her sights. I'm out of here. <laughs> I love it right out of the gate. Oh, I heard you got fired. I'm so sorry about that. You would never say that. No way. <laughs> that is so not English. That is so not English. I was just like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. That's She's that's Irish, funny. not English. Oh, I know. But technically, the English think everybody's English. No wonder she gets along with my uncle so well. Just, just complete, just beeline right to the they meat. They just feed off of each other. Yep. Well, he's ex- he has an eccentric way of Did saying it Did he sleep with her sister, man? What? No, like, <laughs> does he know this woman biblically or her, her sister? I don't even know if my face can be any more shocked that the five <laughs> of you are so jaded and screwed up inside that we have done so much trauma and damage <laughs> that this woman who was a pillar of, of, of excellence for her time has been <laughs> walked away from, uh, psychically assaulted. <laughs> Catherine's over here asking, did, you, did my uncle sleep with your no mom? psychic assault, okay? I did not touch her. And she's trying to fight to free Gandhi, and Vadim's giving her shit about, let the weak die. The strong are the only ones. I'm like, oh my god, this woman is just like... (laughs) 
Listen, that's what trauma is. We can't meet NPCs anymore. We just assume everyone's out to get us. You're damn right. And you know what? I had every right to think that when she, when, when we come over and she's like, oh, I already know who you are, Faye Dawson. And I'm like, ah, I have every right. But I explained how she knew you. But why was she at the party? She came from India to what? Visit some fam in England and go to an, a, a museum fam exhibition? Fam in Ireland. Fam in Ireland. She, she went to home for a f- family. All I'm saying is you can't blame us for being too careful. So we'll go over. We'll start to dinner. So dinner bell is rung. And oh, good. Because. Yes. Let's progress. Much be- <laughs> she she sits there and she does start mingling with some of the other people that are sitting around her. You guys are at the same ed- end of the table, but not directly side by side so much. It's it's again, there's about 16 people here. And she does, um, you know, she does talk very openly and people are trying to lean in and listen about uh, Muhammad Gandhi and that he's been arrested, you know, unfairly and how, you know, she's taking it upon herself that the meeting was supposed to be here and that they were going to, you know, talk about what they could do to help in Madras and with the magistrate, you know, with her political connections. And then it all went to shit in the South. And now she wants to see if she can raise the money to either make his bail or pay off the proper people to get him out because she doesn't want him left behind bars. She's just not convinced that he's safe. And that conversation continues for some time. Um, <laughs> if he's strong, he'll get out on his own. <laughs> Vadim kind of misreads the situation and he's like, you know, I have been known to be able to uh, get people uh, released from jail if you need help. Oh, um, that's actually, Mr. Vadim, that, that's actually exactly the kind of thing we might need. Since you're talking to a magistrate, you know what, she's not uh, thinking. Do you know what kind of building he is in? What is, what is it made of? Is it made of masonry or wood? Faye is off in the corner chugging her wine, desperately trying to get through this night. Chugging a mega pine day. She's on the box wine already. She, <laughs> Faye's, Faye's not even worried about the, the box. She went right to wine. a big old box wine. Right. I've been slapping the bag. I'm just like trying to get. Hey, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing an opportunity to, to spring Mahatma Gandhi from jail, like Butch Cassidy and Sundance style. She says the uh, if if he's being held in the in the regular station there, it, uh, it's a masonry building as far as I as far as I know. Mm-hmm. That could complicate things. The type of building matters. Well, you know. <laughs> and she goes, okay, because <laughs> like, <laughs> at no point is she picking up on the fact that like just it's not even in her, in her, it coming across her her wavelength right now that you're thinking of breaking him out she's like um misunderstanding that he's like well you let me know if you decide that direction <laughs> <laughs> she's like what the hell here's my business card for the first time since the train jack feels uncomfortable with these people <laughs> <laughs> which is surprising <laughs> boy we've been through a lot too jack <laughs> Well, actually, the conversation comes back to Jack because Ingrid starts talking about things that aren't as boring as Muhammad Gandhi and says, <laughs> Margaret, you and, you and your husband should definitely come out. We're going to Kublawatsi. We're going to be doing that sometime in the, in the early spring. What is best month to come out to you, Mr. Jack Cavendish? When, when is it a good time to visit your half a million acres in Kublawatsi? And that gets Margaret looking right at you. <laughs> like, sure she does. She's like, you own what? Oh, look at him there. <laughs> look at him with all his money. He shines, doesn't he, like the freaking sun? <laughs> Exploitation of the masses. <laughs> a half a million acres in a country that's not yours. Let's talk, Mr. Jack. How about an employer? <laughs> Who employs natives no. and locals? Oh, right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. They, we employ. We employ a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah. Oh, that's an uncomfortable silence. <laughs> so your preserves in Kenya, Mr. Mr. Cavendish. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Ms. Ms. Cummins. It, it, Co- cousins. Cousins. Sorry, sorry. So I apologize. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Kubawazi is- Like uh, inbred. I'm sorry? <laughs> it's a British joke. I'm sorry. About the royal family. Nothing Nothing serious. I didn't mean anything by it. I understand. Oh, I understand. <laughs> well, it's hard looking, looking across the water from such small destroyed castles. <laughs> from your ruinous country. <laughs> your ruinous country and your I'm small curious. grass huts. Does Jack have good teeth? <laughs> oh God! Well, he's got British teeth, probably. But again, it, it's nineteen. It's nineteen thirty-two. Wow. Does anyone have perfect teeth? No, probably. I not. do. <laughs> I mean, refined sugar. Refined sugar comes out in what the mid eighteen hundreds and starts destroying people's teeth. Le- no, actually, seventeen hundreds starts destroying people's teeth left and right. And there's there's no um, there's no fluoride yet at this point either. Right. I don't think it comes out into the fifties. So the absinthe is is served in the after dinner party. Oh, good. We'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. This will go right downhill. Channel my inner Bram Stoker's Dracula. Little green fairies, everybody. As Ella starts to create a lecture on the hallucinogenic effects of absinthe, can also be used to create mind visions and vision quests. Hmm. She's like, you mean like a world where everyone is free to do what they wish? Oh, Margaret, do life? you ever do you ever just stop? have a lunch? No one could ever accuse you of having a multi-track mind. Uh, yes, yes. You yes. seem quite focused, laser focused. Sometimes a sandwich is just a sandwich. <laughs> someone please give me some absinthe. I cannot hear absinthe and not think of Gary Oldman. It just, it just can't happen, you know? I've crossed oceans of time. Um, to drink absinthe with you. You need to stop. <laughs> All right. The the dinner party goes off. She does raise some money. She gets the girls at some point into a situation alone, maybe during the absinthe and the in the after party. Um, Ingrid is telling everyone they should come down by the pool for a dip. And a lot of what she's indicating is you don't need a suit. That's pretty much just what it's going to be one of those, you know, dip them as you go feel comfortable in your own skin. We're all good. Margaret does pull the three of you aside, though, the ladies, and says, I know that uh, I can be a bit intense and maybe uh, seem like I'm doing a lot of cross-examining even when I'm just trying to be friendly. If I've insulted anyone tonight, I do apologize. It's it's uh, it's a difficult world for we women. And uh, sometimes you have to stand stand a little taller and more erect and come out swinging, if you know what I mean. I, I, did, I meant nothing by it. No, um, did she say erect when we are going skinny dipping? Shut up. And but, um, no, no offense taken. Let the women have this. <laughs> go skinny dipping. Go have your go, have your fun. Go let Margaret squeeze you or something. Go. Margaret's standing right here. Margaret's not squeezing <laughs> I'm anyone. Sorry, I'm Ingrid. <laughs> Those aren't lemons, Margaret. Stop. So we're going. So we are going swimming. Is that right? There's a lot of people heading towards the water. Not most of them are going to watch Ingrid swim, but some people. But we're go, will be we're retiring from dinner. I mean, Vadim's wearing his tux from from Leningrad dinner night, right? Yeah, yeah. So everybody's yeah. like peeling off the tux and going into the fountains. Yeah, you know what? If you want to sow your wild oats, then sow your wild oats, my love. You have fun doing. Jack's what you want. in a tweed suit. I don't. I don't know how this will. Oh, that holds water well. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna yeah. think. Can you just imagine that airing that out. <laughs> <laughs> the smell like a wet dog. like a good oh wool God. suit in india <laughs> yeah i am i am following out of curiosity all right yeah so I'm people sure. are heading out that way but margaret okay well, back the to whole the feminism gist of this that the gist of this is is that she could really use she's like with your uncle's power um 
Miss Ross and his connections in upper society could be doing a lot of good for us, possibly for the cause to get Muhammad out. If um, if you wouldn't mind reaching out to Aloysius and asking maybe for some names of the lords and ladies who might be willing to give us an ear and see if they can push things around down here, some papers moved. I, I have power, but it comes in, sp- in small doses compared to what your uncle would know as far as the lords and ladies of society. I can reach, I, I can make a phone call and reach out to him. And I, I would just like to say that as an intense woman myself, um, I personally was not offended by anything that you said today. And if I offended you, my bad. Not great with people. Oh, please. It takes a lot more than that to offend me. Good. I also want to step in and uh, just say that I- I'm sorry for uh, getting up and leaving. Um, just hearing, I-, I was really upset, you know, when I lost when I lost the job. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Oh, but it wasn't your fault. No, but it, it still stung and yeah. I was given that opportunity and it was ripped away. How could it be her fault, Miss Ross? It was your uncle who made the choice. It wasn't her fault. She did nothing wrong. Hadn't even started the dig yet. The, the note he sent out to all the people involved in, in funding the dig, myself included, was that, you know, he was he decided to go with another candidate at the last minute. To me, reading between the lines, it felt like he had some pressure from some of the other investors. But to hell with them. If I had enough money, I'd, I'd finance the damn thing myself. Do you know who we went with by chance? Letter's a few months old. I'm sure it's back in my office. I It was a man's name. I kind of just didn't give a shit at that point. <laughs> Men, right? I mean, what other investors were there that were against Faye Dawson in the first place? I mean, after putting out that press release, getting photographed, it must have. It was a terrible effort just to back out simply because she's a woman. I agree with you, Miss Walcott, but I don't know exactly the name of the persons or persons that may have been in a disagreement over it or given Mr. Mr. Banks an earful, but... I'm just saying that's what it, as a magistrate, you learn to read and then you learn to read between the lines. And it felt like no one Aloysius, he made a choice because he was excited for it. Thought it make an opportunity for a young woman, make good on herself. She'd done the, the schooling. He was probably thinking this is a good thing to do. Matter of fact, I, I congratulated him. He, anytime you stroke the top of his head like a good puppy, he's always very respe- receptive. But in the end, someone got to him probably with more money than myself and people like us and made the call to change. And that's at the end of the day it is his right. I mean as a woman I could be upset about it, but he is still the owner of the, you know, the the leader of the museum and it's it's his decision. And that's why I don't really hold anything personal against him. But thank you for saying that, Margaret, but um Oh fuck him. If oh. I'm going to let him know the next time I see him, I'll give him a piece of my mind, but at the end of the day. You know what? <laughs> Good for you. Um it just, Give him hell, Margie. He never the curiosity, it's been eating away at me that I don't know who took over because, you know, I've been in the field for so long and I just, I, I got to know if it was, I mean, you know, there's rivalries. I mean, I'm sure that you've got rivalries in your line of work. Um, well, if Miss Ross is willing to make that phone call, I'm sure she can ask Ms. her uncle herself tomorrow. Uh, I Like I said, my the piece of paper that would have the name on it, the letter would be back in Madras where my, where my home is and my practice. Oh, okay. We can ask him. Tomorrow, Faye. It's been a while since we thought about the the dig, and yes, I've spoken to my uncle since, but we just haven't had the chance to ask. I'm hoping that maybe because he wouldn't tell me, but I mean, he'll tell you. Uh, maybe yeah. I did ask him for a lot last time I called. Big favor. Well, I mean, no, he's all right. So Ella, she takes your arm and she starts. She does discuss some of the philosophical society with you, things that you are aware of, Ella. Things that beyond Blavatsky, there was a bunch of famous mystics and. Um, 
mystic writers from from this period and from the period of the late 1800s through the the end of the Victorian area, you know, that real heavy period of corpse photography and all that stuff. So she names off some writers, authors that you've obviously you've read. The two of you have that conversation. Out by the pool, the men have gathered, some are smoking cigars. A couple of the women are in the pool. Ingrid is fully naked. Two of the other ones are topless and just wearing under like a, a like a cotton undergarment or something. Uh, you know, bloomers or some sort of knicker at that point that would be suitable just to keep their modesty to some extent. Husband, the men are laughing. What a wonderful Cognacs cigar. are being served. What a wonderful cigar. Yeah, you're having a cigar. So, Vadim, are you uh, are you jumping into the water? One of your last nights here in India before you fly out to go get the kids, or? Yeah, I think Adam Vadim would go for a dip. He wouldn't uh, strip down nude or anything like that. Right. But, uh, down to his like uh, down to his uh, his uh, skivvies. Yeah, his jockeys. Yeah, whatever they call them, like boxer shorts of some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So in the pool, everyone's having a very good time. Jack, make a spot hidden roll. I'm sorry, not spot hidden. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm sorry, spot hidden. Yes. Say, given where we are, that that's very interesting. A spot hidden roll. What do you spot, Jack? Uh, Jack spots something because that's a hard success. All right. So, um, Jack, you're smoking. You lean your head back, take a puff of smoke, look up top, and there's Gustav and the girls looking down at you. Thank goodness I left my shorts on. Right. Otherwise, they would introduce to Adam in a whole other way. But yes, they're they're kind of like, what are you doing, Mr. Jack? <laughs> well, it's been a wonderful evening, and I... <laughs> I wish you all a good night. He puts out the cigar and, and makes his excuses and wanders towards the building. Like, and on that note, parent has to leave uh, the party. Uh, that kills. That kills the vibe. So Gustav is just—I can't believe that I, I was told to watch the kids. I didn't know this was going on. Cognacs and cigars, really? <laughs> I always get stuck with the kids. You know, as a as a note, um, Vadim wouldn't really think about it, but. Um, I was just looking at his injuries and scars. He does have um, several bullet and knife wound scars. Just Yes, he does. He does. It's pretty dark out by now. I mean, dinner wasn't even until nine. Good deal. And people are inebriated. Yeah, and people are, which is when now Margaret's in her in her full Jack Daniels judgment type situation where people are offering her, you know. Oh, so, so, so now the, uh, okay, gotcha. The gloves are off. Yeah, she's literally like, oh, good. There's there's nudity. There's a lot of drinking. There's been some absinthe and some, so, you know, there's cognac. To her, the, the more alcohol that was being applied, she was just like, okay. Because at the end of the day, they uh, some of these people are the exact opposite of who she should be looking for for help with economy. Sure. Unless she just wants their, unless it's money. She gets them drunk, she'll get their money, right? And she's trying to keep it from being a British issue to it being an Indian issue. But we all know that it was both. And, you know, as Joel has been saying, it's his statement was about the Indian caste. But at the end of the day, his message also became about, you know, imperialism. Well, that's really that's what I was trying to get at. I was I mean, I understand the caste system, but I was talking about he was also he was a nationalist. So he was against imperialism. He was against. Well, sure. He wanted to be for India. Right. So and of course, I'm not going to take any kind of a side against anything like that. Okay, so we're going to leave it here. Uh, Next time we get together, the ladies will be taking up. Uh, the effort to release Mahatma Gandhi from jail while the boys have an RL issue. So they're going to be off. Actually, in this case, what we're going to do is Jack's going to be heading back to Kublawazi with the young ladies and Gustav is going to be heading off to Portugal to find out what's going on with his people. And he's going to be sharing a plane with Vadim. So Vadim and Gustav will be heading to Portugal. Jack's going to be heading back to Africa. Right on. There you go. And uh, the girls will be helping out the freeing of a Radical thinker and political activist from India. Keeper, I just need a clarification on something before we Sure. End. Is Vadim the only one that went swimming? 
uh, didn't sound like anybody else. Only in. one that went swimming. I am so disappointed. I mean, no, no, some you. some of the other p- players in the group. I mean, not our group, no, but the rest of the party did. Gotcha. Okay. I was busy inside. I would have if I saw you jump in there. You know, I'd be in there with you. I would never mm-hmm. let you swim by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Darling, you know I cannot fuss up my hair. I wouldn't go swimming. <laughs> Kate's like, no. <laughs> People die in the water. <laughs> you don't want to hear the five Ds of swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Dive, drown. <laughs> drown, 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 and drown. <laughs> Drip dry. Drowning, drunk diving. <laughs> Dipshit. Dumb. Drowned. Oh my god, that was funny. Well, it's been a it's been a fun night. Um, hell of a time. Are, kids, uh, hell of a time. But yeah, if you're interested, uh, there is an in, uh, so on. Uh, just to give you a quick piece of information, if you're interested on anything about Margaret Cousins, you can find her all over the place. There's actually a paper, uh, an encyclopedia's entries on her, and someone wrote a 300 page collegiate essay that was printed covering her life and it is and it talks about all her time in the Theosophical societies and how she you know founded a suffragette movement and the whole bit this this chick was out of control i mean you're talking about you know an absolute titan for 1930s it was uh she's fascinating to read about so if you want to check her out you can uh but from all of us here at the barter college we like to tie some of the history together and yes gandhi again did get arrested in january 4th of 1932 so uh, we'll find out what happens with that but from all of us at the college i want to say thank you very much players as always awesome job this was a lot of fun tonight a lot of laughter we needed it after the last couple of nights i know it's been been tough on everybody the last few weeks but uh we'll see where it goes from here until next time good night everybody Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.